everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the the Logbox Guys. I almost messed that up. Uh, With yeah. me, as always, is some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Tommy, how you doing? And what are you drinking? I am doing okay, and I am drinking some Orchard House uh, Orchard Blend uh, Scotch by uh, Compass Box. It is delicious. It's a little fruity. It's nice, nice and airy to uh, to celebrate the ending of my contract uh, serving. Uh, Navy uh, sailors, uh, giving them financial counseling as I await my next job as Tom's boss. And uh, <laughs> uh, as that job ends, he does take a new job helping me at my food bank, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Mikey, how you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing well. I'm just drinking an A&W root beer because I have to right. do work after this. I do a little work after this. Josh, how you doing? What are you drinking over there, pal? I'm doing pretty good. I just got a little summery light beer, Harpoon Rec League. I've been trying to get you one of those Rec League jackets ever since that damn drink came out. I can't believe how much they go for on eBay. Insane. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's horrible. And with us today is two new friends. Now, Tom, I'm going to have you introduce them because you know their work better than me. I love their work, uh, especially the the Devereaux stuff. But you introduce them because I know you know them better than I do. So this is... Brandon and Brandon Frame of Frame Brothers. They are at so many Comic Cons doing such great artwork. They do fantastic action uh, comic book pages and commissions. Uh, they have a, a great comic book called Starring Sonia Devereaux, uh, in which she is a film star in different types of uh, action and uh, uh, horror and B movie type scorings but they can tell you better about that um but they are just fantastic artists if you see them at a con just just get their artwork because it's great i have uh actually a framed piece in my bedroom that you guys did last year at Terrificon. it was bob herzog from knights at the dinner table as yeah. still man my wife <laughs> still has no idea who either of those two characters are, but she allowed me to hang it in her bedroom, our bedroom. Oh, that oh, was nice. I remember that sketch. That was a fun one. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all the compliments. <laughs> Tom, I muted you while you left and we're talking to your wife and I can't unmute you. There you go. No reason not to keep me muted. I'm just going to say stupid stuff and just say what you guys already said. Love your stuff. Always go right to your uh, booth whenever I see you. Always love seeing what you're doing. Thank you. Did you did you like the uh, sketch card with the banjo? <laughs> I did. Thank you very much. So I play a little <laughs> banjo. I got my banjo over here. I can pull it out. Now, there is one problem with it. <laughs> Josh has no hair in his, but that's because. That's the picture that, that was picked. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And I usually <laughs> do have short hair, but I actually have hair. And I was like, really? I got I got posted as the bald guy in this group. This is unbelievable. <laughs> That's okay, Josh. It's an apocalypse, Josh. It's fine to lose your hair in an apocalypse. It's okay. That's fair. I don't want zombies grabbing me by the back of the hair. That's for other people to do. That's totally on Mike for picking a picture where the light's shining directly down on your very, very short hair. Uh, that's because I'm lazy, and I just took the first picture I found of him and was like, yeah, it's good enough. You're lucky I didn't take the first picture I found of you, Tom. So that one of you swimming. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I look like I a. Which picture uh, that is? I look like if a garbage can came to life and decided he was going to cross a pond. 
like in a forties cartoon. Bad yeah. friendship. I'm pretty the, sure if they had seen that picture, they would have been like, Yeah, I'm not drawing that. Well the picture we drew from was Tom dressed as Power Man. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> well, you That's used a, a lot of imagination and thank yeah. you for adding extra hair. Yeah. And, and thank you for not screaming, Oh my god, it's White Power Man. Which I've yeah. gotten at a couple of cons, and it's never that's a, fun. That's like, I am absolutely not White Power Man. Just, totally different character. Just a totally different character. Uh, hey, as long as we're on the subject, can you name a supervillain that used the banjo? Ooh. A supervillain. There's only one that I know of. So Here's you can a, just make up a name, and we'll believe you. Uh, you. These guys probably know it, because he was a uh, oh, villain wow. of the Marvel family. He only had four appearances in the Golden Age. He had four appearances <laughs> in the Golden Age. And was part of the Monster Society of Evil. And... Mr. Banjo? He was! Yeah! Wow. Oh, I just made that. I just guessed. <laughs> <laughs> he hid messages to the Nazis within his encrypted banjo notes to send uh, messages to the Axis powers. During World War II. Again, I knew that all along. Yeah. I believe Shirley Temple was doing that also with the tap dancing, but I can't prove it. But I've I've heard some very compelling stuff. It's just me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you have a a new uh, issue of the Devereaux series coming out. I've like – the ones I have, I have a couple of the monster ones. I know I got the slasher one. And I know I got the one. I know I got the Sharknado takeoff one, which is Squid. Uh, uh, what is it? Spider Shark versus Snake Bear. Spider Shark versus Snake Bear, which is absolutely hilarious. So much fun. It, it really feels like I'm in that stupid, stupid Sharknado universe uh, when I'm reading it, or the the, the extended universe now. Um, so, what are the new ones that are coming out? Right. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Renegade Road Raiders. Riders. Riders. And they look me. Is it going to be in 3D? <sighs> if you own the comic, it will be. Yeah. yeah it's our parody of Mad Max post-apocalyptic type films. It's basically a, uh, a, a lost water source is found since water is so scarce, and they have to race across the desert. Her uh, Sonya and her tribe of women warriors and try to get to the water first before all the other weird tribes and mutating humans and stuff get there. You can just say us. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> and um, it's going to be coming out when? The first Wednesday in September. But the first Wednesday in September. That's very specific. Thank you. I'll be looking for what we were told, so <laughs> yeah. that's all I, mean, I can tell you. Yeah. How can we get these comics? We're... You can order them through your comic book store, or you're currently running an Indiegogo campaign to help raise funds, to oh. help pay for the, yeah, the the printing. The publisher, American Mythology Productions, is running. They usually run Indiegogo campaigns to help pay for the publishing, because you know they're not Marvel or DC. So every little bit helps. Yeah. So what should the, our listeners, and we have tens of them, what should they search on Indiegogo? Starring Sonya Devereaux. Okay. All right, I'm putting that in. I'm going to tell you people how easy that is. I'm going to put starring Sonia. I'm going to spell Devereaux wrong on purpose. Not on purpose. (laughs) 
And boom, it comes right up. Easy, even though I spelled the wrong starring. Sonia Devereaux returns in a new sequel right off the bat. There you go. That's the one. And it's already been funded, but we still have 14 days left to throw more money on the pile. And I'm going to be doing that as we speak because I do really enjoy these comic books. They're fun. They're a nice throw, but sometimes I feel like a a throwback when I'm reading them because they kind of have this this kind of retro feel to them in my mind. And I'm old and I like retro. (laughs) Yeah, it's like we do different homages to movies, right? Different movie themes, right? Different genres, yes. Yeah. We were doing a uh, comic convention in New Jersey. We had a a retailer who came up to us and recognized the Starts on Endeavor book. And he was telling us how he appreciates he can uh, tell his other customers about it because while it's got sexy women in it and everything, there's nothing really uh, graphic. Graphic. It's all, you know, uh, uh, saying we were like walking that thin line between like maybe too silly or too graphic. We're not pornography is what I'm basically trying to say. <laughs> you could, you know, but you could you I like ribald. Maybe that's what I was trying to say, because I like ribaldry, right? I don't want it to go too. I, and my, my friends here are going to say, you also love porn. I do love porn, but <laughs> I, when a comic book form, like if something has a little ribaldry, just a little wink and a nod, I find that way more fun than, you know, something like right in your face all the time. If you scroll down on the page of the Indiegogo, we have a lot of different perks. You can, you know, you get the complete series, the trade paperback, and then the following issues. We have CGC graded books of Sonya cosplaying as different superheroines and villains. Yep, excellent. That's not what I'm getting. I'm telling you what I'm getting right now because I'm halfway done doing it. I'm getting all seven back issues uh, digitally, and I'm doing that because I can see them on my iPad way better than I can see in person now because I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll work too. So that's what I'm doing, and uh, thank you for turning me out to it because I really do like reading these in bed and just kind of flipping through and uh, just having some fun with it. What, What were some of your inspirations uh, like, I look at it, sometimes I'm thinking of the old, like, uh, well, of course. <laughs> yeah, Supergirl, that's great. And it's a 9-8. Really? All the, uh, all the CGC books are 9-8s. I don't know if uh, a lot of your listeners or if you guys are into s- collecting CGC books, but 9-8's pretty good. Are you putting them in as 9-8s? Yeah, like, we have How it. come they're not 10s is my question, because I don't understand comic writing. <laughs> Because uh, ten is nearly impossible to get. Yeah. Okay. And nine, there's a nine, also nine point nine, which is also nearly impossible to get, while ten is impossible to get. But nine eight is kind of like the standard near yeah, mint. Perfect. Yeah. If you get a if you get a modern book at nine eight, then you, uh, that's that's pretty damn good. Uh, like for a modern book, anything less than nine eight, it's probably not even worth. Not worth anything. <laughs> well, it's, they're all 9.8s because human hands have touched them at some point. That's, yeah, I, probably, yeah, yeah, right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, anyone else have any? Uh, the thing I wanted to ask you about uh, influences, though, obviously the movies have influenced your, your work greatly. I was uh, reading an old um, Vampirella, well, and well, I, saw, I kind of had a feel for that. Well, with the, uh, like, of, for example, you may like Sonia's Vampirella? I'm not sure what you mean. No, no, like the, the amount of risqueness was kind of near that Vampirella, like like 
fun and sexy, but not like too much in your face. Well, I know the writers, they were really influenced by the Hammer films from the, the 70s, I guess. I don't think we've ever actually seen any of the Hammer movies, but they were really You've never movies. seen Captain Kronos versus the Vampires? I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry for you and your entire generation. We're too busy wow. studying our DC who's who. I know. You guys are <laughs> I mean, you guys are barely out of the M's, for Christ's sake. Go watch a Hammer film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do recommend Captain Kronos. Uh, it's terrific. Okay. And it does not age well, but I love it still. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, like with this new issue, Renegade Road Riders 3, I kind of, you know, watching Mad Max uh, Fury Road, it's like, oh, we got to do a comic like that. And I, and it's also heavily uh, car racing. Like the issue, there's a lot of vehicles racing, and I wanted that was like a challenge for me because we haven't really done that before, and I wanted to try that to see if I could get different, interesting angles, you know, just storytelling, just you know, try something different. It was a, a challenge that I really wanted to do, and hopefully, it'll come across on the page. I'm guessing it is because one thing that Tommy always says is, "You guys are his go-to action guys." Isn't that right, Tommy? It's true. You guys do do a great job with action, uh, making the action come alive. Well, when we do commissions and stuff, you see like other people's commissions, like they would or do a drawing they have for sale. And it's like uh, Batman versus the Joker. And they're just like, (laughs) well, we want to do like, "Ah, you know, stuff like that. So. So that's our thing. What was your secret origin into comic books? How did you guys get into them? Uh, when we were elementary school age, our you know, a boyhood friend, neighborhood pal, Chris, was into comics right when, uh, in the mid-80s, right when Spider-Man had his black costume. Oh. And he was showing it to us, and we're like, whoa, it's alive? What's going on? This is crazy. And we just started buying because we had watched Saturday morning cartoons like Super Friends and Spider-Man's Amazing Friends, so we knew about superheroes. But I don't. I think we we're, you know, as like all little little kids. Like I was into Batman and he was into Superman. But then you kind of get a little older and get out of it. But then the comics, the, the interesting stories, kind of brought us in. We were also both kind of like naturally able to draw, and then it, that lent towards the drawing the comics. So what did you guys start? Were you guys already drawing before you got back into comic books or were you or is that what inspired you to start drawing? I think we were already we were already drawing. drawing but then with the comics, it's like now we could draw, you know, superheroes in our crude little kid fashion. <laughs> is drawing in the family? Uh, our grandfather was, on our dad's side was a, like an amateur painter. And I think her mother was really into commercial art, but she never really pursued it. You know, she was like doing it in high school, but then after that, it, she just went in a different direction. Sometimes talent skips a generation. My my dad was a, a musician. I can't play a damn note. <laughs> <laughs> so Unless, let's get back to this new book. So you okay. say you have a lot of cars in the book. What kind of cars are you putting into this book? <laughs> And do they have well, one of, like one of the things from uh, Mad Max Fury Road is that like 
modern cars with all their electronics wouldn't work in a post-apocalyptic world. So they're all older, like muscle cars. So she, Sonia, drives a 67 Barracuda. Barracuda. So what we did, I found this car, I think on eBay, and I was able to just, this is what I used to draw from. Barracuda. Nice. And that's, that's the thing from the cover, right? That's the same car. Yes. Yeah. It has like armor platings on it, you know, and I kind of like roughed it up to make it look like it's in a post apocalyptic world. Even the hood comes up. <laughs> For 12 cents, you can paint a face on the bottom, and that's a GoBot. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and then there's just other types of vehicles. There's, uh, you know, like from the different tribes. I don't want to give too much away. You have to buy the book. Uh, yeah. di- different vehicles of the different tribes. I mainly just bought this one. Just go, I could draw from it, you know. Yeah, you could have pulled from the Warriors and made every clan have a different, like a Ford clan and a Chevy clan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we didn't go that far, but yeah, there's uh, oh, definitely the Mini different. Cooper right. clan. The Mini Cooper clan. Uh, those guys <laughs> oh, the Smart Car clan. That's what you got to get. Because you know, they, they might not catch you now, but they're not going to run out of gas. They'll catch you eventually. Yeah, and they'll get they a hard the space. Yeah. <laughs> We're going the distance. Do you guys, do you guys already have something on the horizon? Uh, do you guys have, you know, some some forethought onto what the uh, the next genre is going to be? Uh, the next one, as soon as Todd and Nick finish the script, is going to be Alien Queen's Revenge sci-fi oh, story. Nice. Alien's one of my favorite top five movie of all time. Easily. Uh, I think it's going to be leaning more toward like a Star Trek type of oh okay a crew on a large spaceship well that's the thing like we did a we did like medieval fantasy but we did ones in the style of conan where we could do another one in the style of like lord of the rings you know we could do a star trek type and then we could do a star wars type so that's what the one of the fun things about the book is we can it's almost like an anthology where she just jumps around to all these different genres sure did you do a prison one yet? Uh, a prison one. Yeah. We did. When uh, COVID first hit, there was a uh, we had a lot of free time. We just made up posters and just did and did them. One of them was Cellmate Riot Three, I think, or something like that. Yeah. So that's that a like great a prison sounding prison movie. movie. I'd buy that. One right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll put it on the list. <laughs> All right. All right, well, thank you for hanging out with us, guys. We really appreciate you. Everyone's going to be able to find you everywhere. There's going to be comic book stores online. Ooh, El- now we're holding up Elvira meets Vincent Price. That's great. Oh. And there's Sonya Deverell right there with her. And also a 9.8. I can't believe it. That's what the highest wow. you can get, I've been told. Do you guys have anything else you want to plug? Any places you're going to be soon? Uh, we'll be at the Baltimore Comic Con at the first weekend in September. Uh, we're also drawing the Vampire PA spinoff, Al Capone Vampire. The, th- <laughs> the third issue of that is on Indiegogo and Kickstarter, as well as the first issue is in, in previews. Yes. It'll be a four-issue series. Like the Kickstarter Indiegogo is like a deluxe 48-page comic, while the one for comic book stores will just be the 32-page comic. Gotcha. All right, and we'll look for that. Okay, and, and the Indiegogo for, 
Yeah. Indiegogo for Renegade Road Riders 3. Please contribute. Yes. Search Sonya star, starring Sonya Devereaux. And once again, just put starring Sonya, and it comes right up. All right. Okay. Good. I didn't want to try to put Devereaux. It wasn't in my wheelhouse. I was like, <laughs> I, I put the D in, maybe. I might put the D. Put that D in. Uh, before we let you go, uh, just two quick questions. Jubilee, worst X-Men ever or just a really bad X-Men? Uh, or do you like Jubilee? Maybe you're a fan of Jubilee. Maybe you're a fan. I don't want to make uh, um, Indifferent. indifferent. I, don't, I don't hate her. I don't love her. Okay. I don't really yeah. have an opinion. Who's your favorite X-Men? This is the year of X-Men. We've been doing X-Men every every podcast. Uh, I, I favorite think <laughs> Uh, Sonya cosplaying as the White Queen. Never nice. <laughs> Oh my God! Another so, nine eight. <laughs> that I might try to get because I love the Emma Frost series. I didn't like the actual storyline, but I loved the covers. And I was like, after the third issue, I'm like, I'm still gonna buy this just for the cover. But I don't really and, like and, this. And trust me when I say none of those covers are nine eight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not a one gentlemen make the greg horn covers or is this somebody else uh i don't know the artist i uh, probably okay we'll put a maybe on there <laughs> a definite maybe all right well thanks again we'll see you in baltimore if you can make it out to baltimore is it called baltimore comic-con or something more baltimore comic-con, baltimore comic-con. straightforward yep. i love it so we'll see you at Baltimore Comic Con if anyone can make it out there. Once again, uh, Brendan and Brian, uh, is it Frame? Frame, right? yes. I yep. got it right on the first shot. Hooray for me. <laughs> Thanks again for being with us. Oh, yeah, thank you for having us. us. Yes, thank you for having us. I'm sorry I had to come in late, but I'm glad I'm here. I'm thank glad you for, here too. Thank you. thank you for doing your civic duty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Brendan and Brian, ironically, not in frame the entire time. <laughs> not, not for a moment. Not even for once, yeah. Yeah. All right. Great guys, though. Boy, it was really great talking to those guys, but as much of a celebration as that was, we're going straight into a Jubilee now. Miss Jubilee uh, Jones? What's her name? Lee. Jubilee. Just Lee. Jubilation Lee. 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 Jubilation Lee. We're going to be talking about Jubilation Lee. One of Tommy's least favorite characters of all time. A character I kind of like because it bugs him so much. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I just kind of find her powers kind of fun. I kind of like a low-power mutant. I worry that they're going to do the thing that they sometimes do where they take a low-power mutant and crank it up to Omega for no reason just because it's a good storyline. But why don't we talk a little bit about Jubilation Lee's background? Well, first appearing in... Uncanny X-Men number 244, created by Chris Claremont and Mark Silveresti. I think I said that name right. Uh, she is a mutant, just like all the other people we've been covering this year, and uh, was a member of the X-Men, member of Generation X, X-Corps, New Warriors. She was a part of Patty Walker's temp agency uh if you guys have not read oh, yeah. the patsy walker series that is going to be my recommendation for the greatest jubilee comic uh mainly because she's like the receptionist and because 
But anyway, it's a great comic book. Jubilee has the power to manipulate pyrokinetic energy. So she shoots off fireworks and she is immune to the fireworks that she shoots off, which is a very important thing. Otherwise, the first time she used her power, she would have blown her fingers off, which don't get me wrong. Would have been hilarious. Would have been hilarious. She is best known as an 80s mall kid because she was created in the 80s. And her first appearance was in a mall. In a mall, literally. But I think... I think her costume's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, we see you see a lot of Jubilee love at Comic Cons. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's colorful. It's it's yeah, it's fairly easy cosplay, easy. right? Yeah, yeah. that long yellow trench coat, some goggles that you're not even wearing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, you just guy forever in the eighties. <laughs> uh, now, like most superheroes, she probably has. You you mentioned the fireworks. Does she have a subset of powers? Because so many superheroes seem to. She does have a subset, but that's because she is a vampire. Uh, <laughs> she was exposed to a vampire-born virus during an explosion, and uh, was contaminated. Became a vampire. She has resisted drinking human blood, but there have been a lot of storylines regarding, you know, her vampirism. She's actually kind of a badass now that she's a vampire. So she has all the vampire abilities? Yeah. Is she a daywalker? No. She is not not Blade. All right. So she, she has to hide from the sun. Yes. She, has a, she is also a mom. Uh, she has a small child. And she was after M-Day where uh, most of the mutants lost their powers as a result of Scarlet Witch. She was one of the mutants who had lost her powers. Um, and that was a storyline that they delved into with her trying to adjust to being, you know, a normal vampire. Person normal person she wasn't a vampire at the time later on after she got her powers back she got infected with the vampirism uh so she she's a mom well who was the partner that she had a baby with she adopted she adopted yeah in fact in fact that is probably my favorite jubilee story oh x-men volume one primer x-men 2013 for 2015 with brian wood and oliver Koipel. Uh, that's, how, that's how you spell it, pronounce it. I don't know. But that was probably the most compelling Jubilee story I've read is from that series where Jubilee comes back to the X-Men after she has found this baby infant and has decided to adopt it as her own. And some people are after the infant and she is defending it. It's the only time I found Jubilee redeeming in any shape, way, shape or form. That also plays into her origin, right? So her parents were affluent Chinese-American citizens who were killed, and she was sent to an orphanage, and she ran away and lived in the mall. So it makes sense that she would see a child in need and be like, I have to protect and help this child. 
hopefully she doesn't inflict her horrible fashion choices upon it. So, yeah, uh, my favorite Jubilation Lee story is the Patsy Walker temp agency. It's actually not in the – that's not in Patsy Walker, though, right? The It was in the She-Hulk Comic, As I was right? about to say, I remember yeah. in the She-Hulk comic. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's a She-Hulk comic where she's working for Patsy Walker because Patsy is the detective for She-Hulk. And, yeah, hilarity ensues. That is a fun comic book, actually. I think that might have been mine, too. There's a places I, I have enjoyed seeing her. She brings kind of a youthful exuberance, and she's a nice uh, foil for Wolverine. And we have the Jubilee Wolverine. There's a Jubilee Wolverine uh, storyline, right? Yeah, she was kind of like his sidekick. Yeah. I I remember those. Those were kind of fun because she looked up to him. But she never really bought him being a grown doofus. Yeah, Kitty graduated. And, you know, we needed a – Wolverine needed another adolescent to to glom on to. And so he got Jubilee. I I, would have kept that – slot open and maybe maybe took a few more resumes but hey it's just me yeah <laughs> i'm like uh let's let's wait for the next one maybe maybe somebody who you know has a darker coat and uh has a little less goggle going on somebody who can has a little more fashion sense is that really your only gripe here no she was also very whiny but about mostly everything it's, mostly it's the fashion but mostly it's the fashion mostly I, i'm feeling feeling mostly it's the fashion Uh, she did bust a few stereotypes for us she's one of our few homeless superheroes it's true true but not in the cartoon in the cartoon she had a family in a lot of for a lot of a whole generation of x-men fans she's their version of kitty pride right we for us kitty pride is the newcomer into the X-Men that Wolverine takes under his wing, but for kids growing up in the 90s, it's yeah. Jubilee. It That's just right. so happens our El Guapo is El Guapo. But their <laughs> El Guapo is Jubilee. That's right. It's, and Charles Xavier forced Kitty Pride into an X-Men uniform. Even though Kitty Pride wanted all these shitty costumes, he said, no, Kitty, get the X-Men uniform on. She was never always in that she was always changing her costume and some of them were way worse than that because i know because i sent one in <laughs> so for some of you who don't know kitty pride uh, went through a phase where she was changing her costume constantly using uh Creard technology in one comic book where she did it like nine times in a row and charles charles always told her to go back into the x-men costume and she didn't always do so and if you were a fan, you could draw the costume and send it in, and they might use it. They didn't use mine, which is probably good. Because Princess Leia was already wearing it with Jabba the Hutt. Damn straight. <laughs> but when she does do that costume changes at once, she does change into Darth Vader, which I think that's the costume she should have kept. Yeah, that actually inspired some terror. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit, it's Darth Vader! And if you tried to hit her, she'd go intangible and be like, you can't hit Vader, dumbass. <laughs> so, uh, Jubilee, you asked about her being a daywalker. If she, there was a medallion that she had that allowed her to walk during uh, during daylight, but if she 
she didn't always have that. And later on, Quentin Quire allegedly cured her of the vampirism. However, I don't think he really did because she still has all those vampire powers. Maybe he was just fucking with her. Oh, here, just take this. Yeah, check fine, the take this yeah, Go fine. into the sunlight. Enjoy. Now, Liz, there's three things you can't do. Eat people. Wait, That's what? it. <laughs> the three things you can't do, but you get the medallion, you're fine. But don't do those three things. Eat people. Three times. Don't do it. Can I still blow them up with my magic finger of death? Yes. Yes. <laughs> She I mean, uh, she would be a really good combo with Dazzler, right? Uh, how loud are explosions? Fireworks. Oh, fireworks. Fireworks. Oh. It's not bad. I'd go with Claw myself. Claw? Who's the guy with the, the, the hand? Sonic. Sonic hand? Yeah. That's Claw. That's yeah, Claw. Claw, that, that would be a, that is a team up for you. Claw and Dazzler. Yeah. Yeah. We'll write yeah. that fanfic later. Any other yeah. final thoughts on Jubilee? Not a lot. I mean, she she we did have a lot of Asian American uh, characters. Uh, she was one of the one of the, the one of them. Uh, I always thought she had a certain. She was more serious and a better character than a lot of people thought. She was a little more fleshed out than a lot of people gave her credit for. I thought, and I kind of liked her. Okay, I mean, she's got a lot of pages. No lies detected, right? Yeah, I mean. They didn't. They didn't skimp on putting her, uh, putting her in action, and and uh, and the X Men. I was never a huge fan. I mean, I don't have a, like a favorite storyline, but I was never. I mean, yeah, she was sort of like one of those low level. She was a foil for a lot of p- get me out of trouble plots. So she was a girl hostage sometimes. Yeah, and I kind of hope that her. I mean. I honestly didn't track like how her powers progressed, and I definitely didn't know she was a vampire. But um, yeah, I kind of wanted or thought that they would take the the power set and evolve it in some way where she was like not actually in control of some other sort of uh, sort of power, but it, it never seemed to come around. Never came to fruition. Yeah. It's already here. All right. Any, any, any last words? Tommy, still later. Yeah, I don't never really care for him. <laughs> Nothing swayed him. All right. Mike, like I said, that, I mean, there, you know, I, I think as she evolved, she got a little bit better. But still, I mean, like, I still never really cared for her as a character. All right. On that negative note. Mikey, what do you got in the front of the log box? Ooh, the, spinning. At the front of the log box, I have spinning by... Tilly Walden. It is a autobiography, um, and this brings us back into our new books that we've been covering on banned books. Essentially, this is a, like I said, a biography where Tilly talks about growing up and being a competitive figure skater. She was never going to be in the Olympics. It was just a regional thing. And she got into it as a kid and she really didn't even like it, but she just kept on doing it because that's what she thought she had to do. And um, eventually it wasn't until her senior year of high school. She was like, oh, 
why am I doing this to myself? Why am I getting up so early in the morning and doing all the shit that I just hate just because I've been doing it? So uh, it's a really good book. The reason why it is a challenged book and uh, there have been attempts to ban it is because Tilly is also uh, lesbian. She realizes that during the course of her autobiography, it is a part of the book. When she does decide to come out, it's not at her choice. She has to come out at the age of 15 when her mom finds a drawing Tilly has done of her and the girl she likes. And after that, she's like, oh, I was going to come out at 16, but I'll just come out now to everybody. But for some reason, she's just not able to do it to the figure skating community. And even now, today, she just doesn't understand why she couldn't do that. But that is the reason it is challenged and banned in some places, because it's about a gay person. Although that's this is a perfectly fine book for readers of any age. Um, I would say primary audience would be, you know, 14, 15 year olds uh, would really enjoy this book uh, because it's dealing with just the shit you deal with as an adult, a young adolescent. Oh, great. Who of you, um, now usually when you find a book like this and you like it that much, you usually buy a couple copies and give them out. Have you given these out to anyone? Uh, no, this is kind of a pricey book. All right. To, uh, a cheap bastard, all right. <laughs> now, if I had somebody in mind where I was like, oh, yeah, I think this would help them, you know, with what they're going through, either, either uh, you know, trying to decide to come out of the closet or just in the, one of those sports uh, you know, my parents are forcing me to do all these sports or the sport all the time. It might be a good uh, read for them so they can, you know, decide for themselves is what I'm putting myself through worth it to me. I mean, if it is, cool. Just stay with it. But if it's not. But if not, get a slice of pizza and put on a Xena. Yeah, she was afraid her parents were going to be upset. If she quit, and when she ended up quitting, her mom was like, great, we don't have to pay for that anymore. <laughs> yeah. My mom was like that, but preemptive. Like, oh, <laughs> we're not going to pay for that. <laughs> she helped me a lot. <laughs> Tommy, how's, uh, how's everything at the back of the long box today? Uh, back of the long box, we just had a wonderful interview with the Frame Brothers. We're going long, so we're just going to skip the back of the long box uh, all right, you could have promoted one of their books, you know, you bastard. Sorry, Sonia Devereaux, we did. We promoted it earlier today. We're going to cut it and write. That was a little tangential. <laughs> Josh, you had a tangent for us? Yeah, so we talked about Jubilee today. How do people feel about fireworks? And have you ever been to a fireworks show that you were like, wow, man, this just blew me away? Or, uh, or a fireworks anecdote? I always enjoy them when I'm there. In you know what? No, I enjoy them more when they're a surprise. When I'm like walking somewhere and I remember it's the Fourth of July and I look up and I see some fireworks, or when it's near the Fourth of July, like July second, and then some fireworks start going off, or I'm at a fair, that's delightful. When I'm dragged somewhere, 
to go watch the fireworks <laughs> on a cold night, and I don't want to be there. That's usually not nearly as magical to me. Uh, here in Boston, I just joined a, a small yacht club because I'm hoity and toity, and I can float on the water and watch the fireworks over the uh, the bay, and that is delightful. You know when I don't like the fireworks? When it's like 2 a.m., and I'm like, you know, I just want to get some sleep. Why are people firing off fireworks right now? That seems a little inconsiderate. That's when I don't like the fireworks. Yeah, I I don't mind public fireworks. It's the private, uh, let's make our town sound like Fallujah kind of deal that yeah. I'm not a fan of. Because, you know, there are some people out there who uh, may get traumatized by fireworks. We have some veteran friends who don't like the fireworks. And yeah. plenty of pets don't like the fireworks. Yeah, a lot yeah. of pets my, don't like the fireworks. My dogs hate the fireworks. Um, and, you know, the cats just hide every 4th of July like, oh, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'll see you tomorrow. Fortunately, all my pets uh, at the moment do not care. Tug didn't care, but I thought he was a little hard of hearing. <laughs> but I will say this. I did get uh, – it was my first time getting to third base at some fireworks, so I do have some fond memories <laughs> as a horrible Little League player. Has third base changed? <laughs> Sorry, I, was just, I don't know what the bases are anymore. Because someone told me third base is eating ass. I'm like, wow, that's, that is Whoa. going quick. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know how big their baseball diamond is. <laughs> how many bases you got, kid? No, no, that's the new third. Right, that's what I'm saying. What's yeah. where's the? Yeah, you've you've just put more bases out there. You're just throwing bases. That's yeah, like a field yeah. goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, I don't think we've heard your take on this. Uh, I'm generally not a fan of fireworks. Oh, I thought uh, we were still on acid. I'm sorry. Uh, generally not a, generally not a fan. I do have to say, when I was an aviation student, uh, I did get to fly above fireworks that were going off, which I thought was pretty cool. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, so from the air, tilting the plane, looking down at a town's fireworks and seeing them go off was pretty fun. Um, but they were very distant, so like the no, like the noise bothers me. I'm just not a big fan. Like especially if it's something you have to fight a crowd to get to. Like I never want to go to the Boston fireworks. I never yeah. want to be in that crowd. Just absolutely. Someone's like, oh, I'm like, if there's like some place we can get to beforehand and there are just no crowd around me. Like I used to work at um, a building downtown and they it had a uh, a roof deck. So going to the roof deck, we got there early. Nobody was in town yet. We got our booze. We got our food. We sat up on the roof deck and watched fireworks. I'm okay with that. But if I have to fight a crowd or there's I'm like sitting in a crowd, I got no, it's no joy. I don't want any of that. I'm exactly with you. That's what I was saying about, you know, I just don't want to go to the fireworks. If I yeah. buy them, awesome. That's nice. It's because when you find them, you only get like 15 minutes. So uh, I was in L.A. for 4th of July one year, and my buddy Matt and I went to a Dodgers game. And on the way back, uh, driving on the the freeway, there all the different towns around started doing their fireworks and in LA the freeways elevated so like we were up high and could see and like it was just like 
almost eye level with the fireworks going off all around, and it was beautiful. You okay, Tom? Tom's dying. All right. Snark whiskey. That's not good. Yeah, it doesn't, that's a, doesn't look like a falcon. Uh, but I think that'll do it. Everybody go with the fireworks? Yeah. Everyone went with the fireworks, and that was great. 3D18 fireworks. I'm, I'm just no, I'm it. actually going to do a different 3D18 because you made me think of parades. Parades are totally different for me. I like a parade. I go to the Dot Day Parade every year. I'm going to give a parade, uh, even though it's, it's, it's still crowded and shite. I'm going to give a parade of 16. And mostly I like watching them on TV. I love watching the Macy's Day Parade. I hate parades because Mardi Gras has ruined me. If people aren't throwing worthless crap that I don't really want, that I have to fight for, I, I don't know. I, I don't enjoy it anymore. It was that street a, kumite. We, we, I went to a parade, and I was like, this is boring. Where's the interaction with all the folks in the parade? I, I think we just need a small caveat on that. Every parade in New Orleans during Mardi Gras, they throw things, and some of those things can be quite valuable. Uh, which is the one that throws the coconut? Uh, that is Rex that throws the coconut, and Muses throws the shoes. I've got I was going to say Muses throws the shoes, which I would fight to the death for. And if you catch one of these very valuable thrown objects from the floats, uh, they can fetch a pretty dollar. But mostly they're a really cool souvenir that people will like really, really, really work for at a parade to get. So I can see that, but I, I like our little, we have a little dot day parade every year and the mayor comes out and all the little clubs come out, all the bands come out, the high school band, the marching band, you know, all the stuff. It's, it's just kind of cute. I like it. Uh, that's the other thing. The Mardi Gras parades, the bands that are out there, you are not going to see a better group of bands because all of these high school bands practice for months and they have routines and they're not just marching down the street they are doing choreographed dance numbers as they're marching as an ex-military guy five miles <laughs> as an ex-military guy i was watching one of them do a routine and then i heard double to the left with a slight hesitation move which i've tried Mike, did you ever have to do that one? Double to the left with a slight hesitation? Uh, no, we were uh, we didn't have Paula Abdul as our drill sergeant. <laughs> well, we did, and we were all like, "What? <laughs> we can barely do round step, <laughs> which is basically just getting you over a bridge that's wobbly." Josh, I don't think I've heard what you have to say and what your number is. I don't know. It's six. You used to go to the Palmer one every year. It went right by your house. Yeah, I walked out my front door, and there was a parade. I couldn't leave. Like, I don't fucking get, like, no. Nah, <laughs> I, I just, no. I, I don't, even, I, even on TV, you don't like them on TV. With the exception of the Macy's Day Parade, no, I don't, I don't watch parades. Yeah, I'm going to give a parade a six. I'm going to give a Mardi Gras parade a 16. I'm going to give a good. I'll give parades a six, and I'll give uh, Macy's Day a 13. All right, I'm going to give small town parades a 15 because I like them. I'm going to give Macy's in Chicago. I've been to the Chicago one, which was uh, that's the McDonald's parade, and it is a blast. And I'm going to give both of those a 17. Tommy, where you got it, buddy? 
Uh, I'm going to go with a solid five. <laughs> yeah. Why? You don't you don't like the Macy's one? I'm not a huge parade person, though. But, but in the seven years I lived in Somerville, one day I was sitting at home, and I'm like, what the hell is that noise? And outside my door, there was a parade going on. And I went outside, and I was like, oh, my God. This is the saddest parade I've ever seen. I got to watch how this ends. And it was the saddest parade I'd ever seen. Like, there were people walking in the were parade. Were they showing they were, old they yellow were, during they were not. Oh, wow. They were not dressed up. There were, you know how you have cars in the parade that are like old cars that are all fancied up, convertibles? They weren't old. <laughs> are you sure it wasn't traffic, Tommy? Were you watching traffic? <laughs> yeah, just watching traffic, yeah. Uh, uh, the bands were like, they, they had not rehearsed. <laughs> it's just some guy with a radio loud. I think Tommy had a couple edibles. This parade now, sucks. No, it was a parade, but it was like, it was like, my God, you guys throw this together like two days ahead of time? I don't understand. This is, and I'm like, it's Somerville. Well, we do know and now uh, that in New Orleans, you can throw a parade together. Uh, it only costs how much, uh, Josh? I think it was like, like six or 800 bucks. And you can have yeah. a personal parade that goes all the way down Bourbon Street with you with a band. Oh, I'm yeah. buying that next time. I got a couple bucks. What the fuck? Who's in my parade? Yeah, it's, it's called the second line. Yeah, they have those all the time. Yeah, and it only costs like six hundred bucks. Let's do this. Uh, you definitely like. You, they have second lines for everything. I, I I went to a wake and we had a second line. I thought that was kind band. of what second lines were yeah. for. Were most they originally bands. were for that, but they have them for everything. Like uh, retirement, you get a second line. Weddings, you get a second line. Yeah. Well, I'm turning sixty soon. Let's do a second line for that. You guys all in? Yeah, originally it was to confuse the dead so they would not follow the uh, mourners out of the cemetery and back to the house. Oh, I definitely need that for when I turn 60. Yeah, yeah that's what I... we're going to do for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Tom would have been 60 today. <laughs> you you uh, mentioned this a couple times, and I'm number one on your tauntine. <laughs> So I don't want you to die, but that's who I picked in the death pool. <laughs> Speaking of retirements, uh, when I left the reserve center yesterday, they were so nice. They they manned the rails and piped me out. Uh, you cried, didn't you? I came close. You cr- No, you cried. I would have cried. I would have cried like a baby since I heard the pipe. They gave me the, right? Yeah. Oh, no, man. Oh, I would have lost nice. my shit. Yeah. <laughs> That is nice, Elsie. You know what? You must have really meant something to those people because they don't do that for just any government person. Yeah, not, you, not any civilian is going to get that. Yeah. yeah. You must have meant a little bit something to it, man. So good on you, boy. It was very nice, very touching. I'm going right. to miss those guys. Man, we're all missing up now. Damn it, LT. Yeah. Must have been beautiful. It was. God damn it. It's nice. Well, does anyone get anything to plug? No, Kleenex. I do have to say, my sword is in Charles de Gaulle, France. I was going to ask you when we came to your house. It has gone from it? Rome to uh, Monticello and now to Charles de Gaulle, France. Are they just like, do they send your sword like to all the cool places in Europe? And, like, I hope you so. It's stamped, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Toledo, Spain would have been nice. Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> all right. So, Josh got a sword commission. How long has the wait been, has this been so far? 
tomorrow it will have been one year. One year, but handmade to your specifications. You put a lot of effort and, and communication back and forth on how to make the sword just for you. Well, it was in his queue. He didn't start it till about three months ago, two and a half yeah. months ago. So, so but you did queue. have a lot of communication about what to do and how to even the even the tang and wrapping. Was, oh yeah, all the I got the input on the leather work. They gave me a custom belt, a custom hanger, a custom scabbard, everything. Nice, sweet. And like, I was even extra appreciative because at the end, I was like, you know what? I owe you money. He's like, why? I'm like, because you quoted me in what I, I suspect was euros, and I paid you in U.S. dollars. <laughs> oh, so, they were magic for a while. Yeah, now we're down by about 10 or 12 percent. So, I, yeah. Well, you're a good man, Josh. <laughs> Chip the extra money over the fence because, yeah, it's a beautiful sword. Yeah. Beautiful Can't sword. Work. You haven't even held it yet. You're going to cry when you ball. get it. Oh, I am going <laughs> to. Cry like a baby. I hope it's a, I hope it's a letter opener. He just fucked you over. <laughs> what? That's, like, that's horrible. I know, yeah. I know. But it's gonna Dave, cost me twice as much to fly to Rome and murder him with a letter him. opener. <laughs> Mikey, what do you have to plug there, pal? Uh, I would like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check him out at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you're wondering where's the music, shut up. Shut up, that's where it is. Shut up. Speaking of music, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug School of Rock. So I'm in School of Rock. It's my second week. I got through the entire baseline of Purple Haze and I played it right. And I played with a rock band and they said, Hey, that can't be your first lesson. I'm like, oh, my first lesson. And they're all students like me, so they could be dicks if they wanted to, and they're not. So uh, yeah, we're working on it. School of Rock, I've never looked forward to a music lesson, and I've taken a lot and failed a lot. (laughs) I've never looked forward to a music lesson as much as I look forward to playing with these guys because it's a band, it's social, we're all making mistakes together, it's a lot of fun. School of Rock, if you got a kid that wants to learn music, I highly recommend it. Cool. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's a good movie, too. Oh, Drake, it is a good movie. Mr. Schneebly. Yeah. Oh, you wacky guy. I like to plug geekorthodox.com. Geekorthodox.com. Hello, Tammy. Geekorthodox.com. Prefer fine stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses. You name it, they've got it at geekorthodox.com. If you want apparel such as T-shirts, basketball, baseball shirts, caps, you name it for apparel, you need to go to ianlino.com because they got so much stuff, they need to keep it on two separate websites. That's how much hey, stuff they got. What if you want an enamel pin from Dragon Gone? Oh, that's going to be on geekorthodox.com, I'm sure. Uh, they're so limited edition, though, you got to go right away and get them because I'm sure there's hardly any left. I'm sure you got to go right away and get your limited edition uh, pins at geekorthodox.com for Gen Con. Dragon Con, they're gonna be they're gonna be selling out quick. Yeah. 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 Tom, you got anything to plug? I don't think so. Oh, you just said uh, uh, school rock. Thing. Yeah, you did your thing. All right. Thing. Well, I guess this is will take us to the end, right? Yeah. This is the end. My own. Josh, no, you are coming I'm up also on. Your uh, friend, so. The end is Josh, not your only friend, Tom. You're, I guess you're right. Thanks. You guys are my friends, too. Josh, you do have one other thing coming up, though. You, you're going to be at... Uh, um, I'll be at Nerd Camp. Camp. Yeah. yeah, Epic Nerd Camp starts on uh, Friday. 
or the Saturday, same reason Saturday we're all going down to Baltimore to see uh, the Frame Brothers because you'll be at Epic Nerd Camp. I'll be in a LARP in upstate New York. I'll be at an adventure park with my kids. Nice. Tommy, you can go down to Baltimore. You can get a card. You can have them draw some hair on for Josh. Like a toupee, a pompadour. Give him the full deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Mikey, what's this uh, podcast like to you? It's like drunk history, but for comics. Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy, what do you got to say for yourself? Oh, it's just like food for the soul. Oh, yeah. Hey. And Josh, Epic Nerd Camp, is that your sector? Epic Nerd Camp will be my sector. And don't forget what I say. Don't just what you promote what you love. You're going to live longer. Thanks from the Law Boxes. Love you. Bye bye. Love you. Bye bye. Butterfly effects real. <laughs> it's not.